because a Christian can equally fall in uh, masturbation, and the wrath of God come on to that Christian. A Christian can fall into homosexuality, and the wrath of God will come on to that Christian. You understand? But the advantage the Christian has is the mercies and the grace of God. That is the advantage the Christian has. Things that happen is uh, he leaves you to your own dark mind. You're on your own. You get it. You, you're, you're on your own. God gave them up So you and I will agree that you are in a serious, perverse world. Trust me. I don't think that there is going to be a time where, or there has been a time where serious perversion exists more than this. We are very deep into serious lust, and you ask yourself, where from this lust? I mean, does it make sense? Yes, it's one of the wrath of God. Christianity against Different. all the other faiths in the world, because all the other faiths are saying, do, do, do this, do that do this they are all work 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 for but you to get it this is, for you is, to get that yes. yes but then it is only christianity that tells you that done christ has done it and that if you believe in what christ did on the cross by grace you'll be saved so that is the this we we'll go we we'll go into sin it's one of those things that keeps us alive exactly. and then helps us realize our sins and then we constantly repent and try to stay out of sin Good evening and welcome to the March edition of the Narrow Way session. It's going to be an interesting discussion. Welcome back. I kind of miss y'all. I'm glad we are all back here for the March edition, Ghana's Independence March. And this edition will usher us into the Passion Week a very important week on the Christian calendar. Okay, so today we are looking at death and grace. Death, dirt, filth, stain, and then grace. We'll be talking about death and grace. Filth, stain, and grace. And then we'll also look at the consequences of sin the wrath of God. Talk about what God's wrath is. The wrath of God. The wrath of God. What do we think is the wrath of God? What at all is the wrath of God? Do you have any quotation in mind that links with the wrath of God? Have you heard anything about the wrath of God? What at all is the wrath of God? Okay, hi. I won't attempt to like explain it so much, but I just want to use like an example. Sure, sure. The wrath of God was exercised when he, uh, you know, the story of creation. Adam and Eve were in the garden, and then they ate of the the tree of the tree of life. Yeah. Sorry, uh, the tree of life of good and evil, and then. They which they weren't supposed to do, yeah. And for God to show his wrath there, he banished them from the garden of Eden. Yeah, yes. And so, another one is what happened between Cain and Abel. Exactly. You see, you realize God banished him, and then there are several instances. The wages of sin is death. That is Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Please, can you hear me? Yeah, 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 we are here. 
Yes. Okay. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. That is Romans chapter 6, verse 23. And that is talking about death in the spirit, separation from God. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that you will not hear. So that is one consequence of not dealing with sin. And it's from Isaiah chapter 59. Anger of God in simple terms. Yeah. And the anger anger of God, the anger of God comes in so many forms. Mm -hmm. The anger of form can come in the form of not listening or not hearing you. That is when we pray, when we call out to him in distress, he will not hear us. He will hide his face. Yes, he hide his face. Is it yeah. the same way um, I, in, in David stays in some that, oh God, do not hide yourself. Do not hide Your yourself from me. from me. Your yes. From me, yes. exactly. Because of his sins, he knew that God could hide his face okay. from, from him. That is the wrath. That is the wrath. That is the wrath of God, exactly. I love um, that. Other wraths that we know come in the form of, in the olden days, we had mm-hmm. God talking about wrath in the form of distractions that before people. So mm-hmm. you have God talking. Isaiah has a lot, most um, um, scriptures or Old, in, Old Testament scriptures have a lot of examples of the wrath. And um, let me see if I can pick one from Isaiah um, yeah. for you. Let me see if I can okay. read one from Isaiah. Just give me a moment. Um, sure. As we are waiting on you, um, Abel, mm-hmm. please come in. Okay. Okay, so um, can I continue? If a boy is yes, already? Please, you, yes, please continue. Okay, so I'm just going to pick from um, uh, one of the judgments. Even this is um, against um, Shebna. Shebna mm-hmm. in the time of scripture, this is from Isaiah. I'm reading from Isaiah okay. 22. I pick from verse 15 through. But it's an example of God's wrath. Now, this time, it wasn't even on the people of Israel. It was the people who were rather oppressing Israel. But okay. I just wanted to use this as a wrath of God, how God operates when his indignation or his wrath is released. So okay. I'll go and say and read. Um, it said, go from verse 20, uh, Isaiah 22, 15. That says the Lord, mm-hmm. of, Lord God of hosts. Go, proceed to this steward, to Shebna, who is over the house, and say, what have you here? And whom have you here? That you have hewn a sepulchre here. As he who heals himself in a sepulchre on high, who carves a tomb for himself in a rock. Indeed, the Lord will throw you away violently. So one example is Lord will throw you away violently. Oh, mighty man. Sometimes when we are insane, we feel like we are mighty, we are strong. But the Lord will throw you away violently. I will surely seize you. I will surely turn violently and toss you like a ball into a large country. There you shall die. And there your glorious chariot shall be shame of your master's house. So I'll drive you out of your office and from your position, he will pull you down. So just okay. just an example, example of, of a rapt of, a rapt God. of so God. Sometimes God can come violently on you he can move you from where you your high places where you think everything is okay or the reason why you feel you have authority because you see um in scripture when we talk about sepulchre the sepulchre is 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 uh how do you call it is a staff for authority like in our case ghana here nanado was holding is it a maseti 
so a golden machete if i'm right right <laughs> yeah that is an example of a, a support it's a symbol of authority Sorry, okay yeah. in other jurisdictions or countries they hold something like a stick or a, a rod so okay. it's an example of a authority so god will take you uh, in in this example he's talking about physical but in this when we come is an example of your authority what gives you the authority to sin maybe you feel because you have money so the money becomes your authority to sin you have the money yeah. god has given you the money but you are using that money to commit sin and god is saying i'll toss you away my dignity will be on you i'll come against you violently okay okay thank you Thanks. very much yeah, sure. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah let, let, let me add this. I was having sure. some technical issues. Okay. Um, let's let's look at Romans 1 again. Romans 1 speaks a lot. So let's look at Which 1 verse? 18. 18. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. Yes, it explains a lot about the wrath of God and what it does. Okay. Let heard a lot about it. And let's add this one. Yes, um, for the yes. For the 18, it explains what God's wrath taking. I get it. It will explain that for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of man, of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. So oh. over here we have seen what the wrath of God is against. Those who suppress the yeah. truth, ungodliness and unrighteousness. So let's you look are at actually it. Actually answering our next question. But you go on. <laughs> so yes, when, when the wrath of God comes, yes, sometimes it can be dark voice. But look, listen, as Paul was explaining in Romans one, yeah, when the wrath of God comes, let's look at it. Verse twenty-four. We will break it down. It's verse okay. by verse. So verse twenty-four. Therefore, so let's look at. It. Therefore, God gave them up in their last of their hearts to impurity, mm -hmm. to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. When the wrath of God comes, one of the things that happen is uh, he leaves you to your own dark mind. You're on your own. You get it? You, he's so not going you're on your own. God gave them up to the last. Okay. So you and I will agree that you are in a serious, perverse world. Trust me. I, I don't think that there's going to be a time where, or there has been a time where serious perversion exists more than this. We are very deep into serious last and you ask yourself where from this last i mean doesn't make sense yes it's one of the wrath of god we have been left to our own lastful desires and it, it trust me it's crazy when you hear some of the last that people are engaging in let's look at the other one when god's wrath is on us verse 26 26 paul was like for this reason god gave them up to dishonorable passions for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. Yes. So yeah. I don't think I need to even explain this. We're talking about LGBT. Yes. They are part of the wrath of God. They have been left to their own dark minds. As mm -hmm. Romans chapter 1 verse 26 is explaining. For this reason, God, God gave, um, gave them up to dishonorable passions. What they are having is never natural. And no amount of explanation is supposed to justify what they are doing. It's something dishonorable. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. it's a wrath of God. They have been left to their own selfish desires. Let's look at another example that Paul gave. I think that will be our last example for that question. So that, yes. yes. Also, and since they did not see faith to acknowledge God, 
God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. So when there is wrath of God, you are left to do some crazy things which you wouldn't have done if you are. If you were not, um, the, the wrath of God wasn't on you. Let's put it that way. Hello? Yes, Hello? I can hear you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I asked more global village. So that, that's, that's what happened. You are left to a debased mind. You are left to serious lasso passions which are ungodly and you are left to serious last these so are examples of the wrath example, of god yes yes, yes. when of, the wrath of god come on you it's not always okay. violent basically, but this is what it happens when That's the wrath of god example. comes sure. Yes. sure so moving on moving on let's move on to the next question are all humans subject to god's wrath are all humans subject to god's wrath one no, no. Okay, so you say no, and you tell us why. Why do you think all humans are not subject to God's I think wrath? Those who are unrighteous, you know, based on um, the expositions we've, we've gotten so far, it looks uh, what yes, we, we it mentioned is that is that um, those who are unrighteous, because and yes. um, for Christians we are not part of uh, God's wrath because our righteousness is obtained in Christ. You know, and Romans chapter three verse twenty six and First Corinthians one thirty so reveals that we, when we become Christians, we obtain our righteousness in Jesus Christ, and so because of that, we do not incur God's wrath. I think that's what I, I can also. So, say. how how will you know if you are persecuted or you are under God's wrath? How will you know the difference? Because yes, we, we Christians are not going to experience God's wrath because we are righteous in Christ alone. But then we are persecuted. So how will you know? How will you know? This is a question to all. How will you know that I'm, I'm not... I'm okay. not an, uh -huh. How will you okay. know? Uh, Benny, uh, let, let me to add to what your brother said. I'll use it to answer the, the question, question that yes, you, yes how will yes. we know that you're not under God's wrath and you are persecuted well uh, to be very honest with you uh, the act of martyrdom is not foreign to our feet you are using persecuted right okay um, I don't want to be stating misquoting the verses but I know in Peter the first, mm -hmm. uh, I think, uh, first Peter, the letter was written to Christians who were persecuted. Okay. Do you remember what some of the things Peter said to them? They were supposed to obey authority. They were supposed to submit themselves to their masters, that's the slaves who are Christians. And they are uh, supposed to have, uh, they have a blessed hope, which is not on earth, but in heaven. So one of the, key verses in uh, Peter is um, when he was talking about um, the blood that was shed for us. He explained mm -hmm. that uh, because of that, our inheritance is not on earth, but in heaven. So when we are persecuted, Paul will tell you that uh, to die is gain. You get it? Yes, they have for me, this, me. Uh, perception that if I'm to die, I'm to die in Christ. I'm to die doing the work of Christ. Because mine treasure is not here. My treasure lays yeah. up. 
So yeah. if you are to face persecution, uh, we should count it all joy. It's, it's part of the suffering of Christ. You get it? Okay. And Jesus was like, uh, if, if the master went this way, I mean, you're, you're the same. <laughs> why, why are you going? He passed the same way. So it's not foreign to our feet. Just I mean, one way or the other, it's being suppressed, but it's not foreign to the feet. The faith has suffered so many persecutions. It's just that now that it's quite okay, but it will rise up again. That's how the faith is. And let's look at persecution from the point that it helps. Why am I saying that it helps? Sample 10 Christians. Sample 10 Christians and ask them, so in case there's persecution, would you still hold up to your faith? Yeah, it's going to be a very tricky question and very sad. <laughs> most will leave their faith. You get it. So persecution, when, when you read most of Paul's letters, when writing around persecution, it will give you the picture that it's how filters those who are Christians. You get it. It filters it up. But that's another topic for another day. So I don't I don't want to go deep into that. So that's it. Well, um, to add up to the can, point. Can I can I also okay, make so a comment? Okay. So I am. Um, I get what um, was that gentleman that spoke? Yes, the largest man. The largest man that spoke. Ebo, 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 Ebo. Okay, I get. I get what Ebo is coming from, but I like to um, give a little explanation. Okay, there's different okay. between there's different between persecution. Okay, and then the rap. Okay. Now, persecution is what unbelievers do to Christians because okay. of our belief or our faith. Yeah. Now, as you rightly said, persecution is a one way or the other kind of filters who a true Christian is. Yeah. He said you should count it all joy when you are what persecuted. Yeah. Because it, it, it may, you are suffering for God one way or the other. But yeah. you, but the wrath of God is his anger. That is not because you are following God. So persecution is because you are following God and the unbeliever is persecuting you or attacking you. Yeah. But the wrath of God is God himself punishing you for because something you angry. are doing, for disobedience. So I'll go back to your earlier question. When um, I, I believe Ike said, Christians are exempted from the wrath of God. That is true yeah. because we come through grace, we come through the blood of Jesus. Okay. But there are times where Christians also will obtain the wrath of God because, yes, you've been adopted, just like Israel, Jacob, Israel. Israel had been accepted. Israel is the chosen of God. But then Israel was, was disobeying God from time to time. And then from time to time, he spoke through prophet to tell them his wrath. And some of his wrath came to pass. Where they went under um, slavery, they were attacked by the kingdoms of, um, um, how do you call it, Babylon. They were attacked by the Persians. All that is part of the wrath of God. It's not because God had forsaken them. Yes, they had been accepted. Like we now being accepted through the blood of Jesus Christ or through the grace of Jesus Christ. But it doesn't mean the indignation of God may, will not come. But the good thing or the best thing about the wrath of God for a Christian, which is different from an unbeliever, is this. For a Christian, there is mercy. Because whenever you read, anytime God releases his wrath, he always looks at the mercy. Because in some part of our desire, it talks about how 
the Israelites went under um, what um, um, you call, were facing the wrath of God. That is where he allowed them to be conquered by the, the Egyptians. But then he took them out of Egypt because he said he allowed Egypt to punish them. But Egypt went ahead with severe punishment, even beyond what he God had allowed or given room for. So because of God, he was going to rain his anger and indignation on the Egyptians. So you realize that sometimes God will have a wrath of, for, his Christ, um, for his people, his chosen, in order to correct them and bring them back because he jealously cares about them. But when it comes to the unbeliever, his wrath is, is so severe that death befalls them and they have no option or they have no way of coming back to him. So I just believe that to me, the wrath of God is for everybody, irrespective of where you find yourself. But it's dependent on, its severity is dependent on whether you are a believer or an unbeliever. Okay? And that is separate from persecution. That is what I, 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 how I understand it. Oh, unfortunately, uh, Silvanos, I don't agree with you. Um, okay. You can go ahead. Yes. Is he... Uh, in biblical terms, and when we are talking about the wrath of God, um, the wrath of God is you being dead, you being dead spiritually. And so if, if oh, the one then, you are dead to uh, things of the spirit. You are dead to God. So if you are a believer, you are alive. So you do not incur God's wrath. So wrath of God it's not meant for both the believer and the unbeliever. It's meant for unbelievers. If you don't believe in Christ, you face God's wrath. Is there any Bible quotation to back that? Yes. Um, is you being dead spiritually? And so, and backing it with scriptures, um, Romans 6, 23, um, for the wages of sin is death. So you are dead in spirit. And you being in God's wrath is you are separated from God. So, um, Isaiah also confirms that uh, but your iniquities have separated you from God. So as soon as you are facing your, uh, you are facing the consequences of you being separated from, from God, like Abu was saying, people will be doing things which are, which are righteous in their own sight and, and they will be doing uncarnal things. Then you are, you, are, you are in God's wrath. Like all the dangerous things you can think yeah, of. Yeah, but I, I believe I believe that is exactly what I said because I. So it's meant for the unbeliever. Not irrespective of because you said I'm coming. You just said that we just when we started, we agree. We all agreed that the wrath of could sometimes also mean had you separation from God, right? Like, yes, over. Yes, we we said we said the wrath of God could sometimes also mean separation or ignorance from God, right? Mm -hmm. so if the wrath of God will mean separation from God or God ignoring you or not listening or hearing from you it means that you as a um, how do you call it um, a Christian you are also not separated from the wrath I don't Hello, understand okay see because that's it Okay, you being now just of said Isaiah in Isaiah, mm -hmm. it says we are separated from Christ mm -hmm. because of our iniquity. You are separated from God. Is that a wrath of God? Yes, good. 
So if that is the wrath of God, do Christians get separated from God because of their sins or their iniquity? Okay, yes. Yes. So it means that Christians are also not exempted from the wrath of God. Okay, okay. I, okay, I understand. Now. But the mercies of God or the grace of God allows Christian or gives the Christian the opportunity to come back to God through confession. Gives them, God gives us the ability to say, God, we are sorry. We didn't know or we knew, but we were in sin. And in countless number of times, you, real, you realize in scripture that God gives opportunity for us to come back to him. He says what? If you are able, ever faithful to confess. Because sometimes, you know, we've, the reason why we go even face the wrath is because, one, we do not confess and we do not move away from the sin. But the moment we do that, he's able to forgive us. It doesn't mean that we did not face that wrath of because a Christian can equally fall in uh, masturbation and the wrath of God come onto that Christian. A Christian can fall into homosexuality and the wrath of God will come onto that Christian. You understand? But the advantage the Christian has is the mercies and the grace of God. That is the advantage the Christian has. Please, am, am I clear? Or you have a very a different view? Okay, so you are trying to say that a Christian may fall, but then um, because... Uh, a Christian will strive to reconnect with God. Uh, the, best, the Christian will survive from God's wrath. So a Christian may face God's wrath if he falls. Is that what you are saying? Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. I understand now. Right. Yes. So from what you guys were saying, Christians can also experience God's wrath, right? Yes. From what yes, from what you were saying, we can also experience God's wrath. And yeah. from what Silva you were saying, you are trying to say that um it's good to have that experience because it will help shape you as a Christian, right? No, I I think it was Ibu that made that suggestion. I was like, that is different from persecution. Persecution rather gives you the experience. Nonetheless, sometimes the wrath is also to bring you back to Christ, undoubtedly. Okay. 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 The wrath is punishment or is so God's will. As, as, as to train. Bring you. Okay. Does it mean we, we Christians have to escape God's wrath? Does it mean we are supposed to escape it? We, we escape yes. God's wrath when yes. we escape the wrath. Like, there is no way this wrath is coming on me. The examples yes. we earlier mentioned. Yes, we are still right. supposed to escape as Christians. You see, originally God never meant to put any wrath on us or to okay. be angry with, angry with us. So okay. originally, as a Christian, you have escaped, escaped God's wrath because of the blood of Jesus. You, okay. you understand? Okay. It is when All you right. stay within it that the wrath comes. But okay. automatically, the moment you confess your sins, or the moment the moment you realize that mm, you sin against God, and you go to Him to confess, you escape His right. Okay, okay, thank you very much. So moving on, hey, moving on. According to the Bible, what is grace? What is grace? Now we are done with 
the wrath, we are moving on to grace. We are moving on to grace. What at all is grace? Charles, you are saying something to Oh, please, the person that has that background should please mute it for us. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So what is grace? Everybody will talk. Um, I think um, grace, grace, <coughs> sorry. Um, grace is the method by which Christians are saved. Um, okay. Is, it is okay. God's merited favor and it is not because we did something to obtain it. But then, um, okay. Or we deserve it because we did something. But then it is out of God's mercy that we get grace. That we get it. Okay, welcome to Newa. Um, so, Clenam, do you have any other thing to add? What is grace? Adoma, Charles, Papa, anything to add concerning what grace is? What a toy is grace? What a toy is grace? We've talked about the wrath of God. Now we are talking about grace. What is grace? Oh, grace. <laughs> What is okay, grace? I think I'll agree with um, Ike on what he said about it's referring to the mercies and love of God upon our lives and because of anything you've done and because he desires oh, right. to carry it upon our lives. I love that. I love that. Many um, other things to add on what's grace is? I think for me, I like to see grace as a way we overcome God, we overcome sin and overcome God's wrath. Or the okay. grace is a, a is a means by which uh, we are able to fulfill the original mandate of God. Okay. There is grace that allows you, that gives you the authority, the power to walk in the righteousness of God. Of God. Okay. Yes. So why is it such a big deal? Why is grace such a big deal in Christianity? We are always talking about grace, like grace grace it's been god since day one it's god it's grace why is it such a big deal in christianity <laughs> why is grace so important um, hello i think it is I one of those up. things that has um actually saved us from actually dropping dead whenever we sin exactly That's, yes that to put it in a nice way so in if, a nutshell yes, yes so in a nutshell that's what stops us from just dropping dead whenever we sin. We go, we go into sin. It's one of those things that keeps us alive exactly. and then helps us realize our sin and then we constantly repent and try to stay out of sin. Yeah. Yeah. That is why grace is such a big deal. Yeah. Um, I want then to add something, please. Sure. Yes. Grace is such a big deal in Christianity, uh, Christianity because um, one, it's one of the things, uh, it's, it's the only elements that distinguishes us from other faith. So that is what makes us Christianity against Different. all the other faiths um, in the world. Because all the other faiths are saying, do, do, do this, do that, do this. They all work, hmm. work, work, work. For, you to, get this. Is, For is, you to get that. Yes. yes. But then it is only Christianity that tells you that done, Christ has done it. And that if you believe in what Christ did on the cross, by grace you'll be mm -hmm. saved. So that is the, 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 the only different factor um, in the, the, when you compare Christianity and the other faith. So that makes it a very big mm -hmm. deal in our faith. Like, yes. 
Okay. So yeah, okay. and then we can also say grace is a gift from God. Sure. Yes. So, grace is a gift from God. So, still on grace, is there anything like cheap grace? Ever heard of something like cheap grace? This is cheap grace. Ever heard cheap grace? If yes, what are some examples of cheap grace? I've never heard any cheap grace too, because for me, even grace, I can even say that grace even goes into a person, which is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So how can, if grace is even being a person, can be translated as the person or the person of Jesus Christ, how then can we say grace is cheap? Exactly, but, okay. but some, some people, uh-huh, I can come in. Yes, there, there, there is this um, until the 1990s and um, it's it has become a concept in the Christian church right now. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, the cheap grace concept. You know, it is you preaching forgiveness without the repentance or baptism without church discipline or communion without confession. You see, we make it look like, um, uh, yes, there is grace for everything. You see, it, and it, it gets back to what uh, Paul was saying. Because there is grace, we have to continue sinning. So because we are preaching grace, 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 because of that, people... Uh, do not even see the essence of we preaching forgiveness. So that is where the cheap grace is. In as much as uh, grace is obtained without our works, um, you don't have to forget about um, repentance and uh, church discipline and communion and confession. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's the concept of yeah, and, grace. Yeah, and I think what modern day Christians fail to understand is that though the Bible said it is not on the basis of our work. It, it didn't say we don't need to work at all. Because the work is equally yeah. important. But if it should be per what we do, I'm not sure we'd all be up to that level at that all. God at wants all. from us. So he overlook that, but he's not saying it is not important. For you to work. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so um, the last question. Okay, please. As a Christian, constantly, um, like asking for forgiveness, fleeing from sin and temptation, like everything to do not to fall into sin. You understand? And then, if you do fall into sin, how to stay away from sin or your repentance from it? All those things, and then the whole baptism, like your activities as a Christian. I think Living we mentioned this last life. month. Yes, we mentioned this yes, in our Those are all the works. Because you yes, can't live like a non-Christian and say because grace is there, you are saved. Yes. You get it. Yeah. And I, it's linking to yeah, yeah. I, I are you okay? It's like it's linking to a question Charles was asking. I think he's, he he said he's in a car, so he can't talk. He was saying that. If grace is sufficient for all, um, if you are if you saying because we are Christians we have grace, so even if we fall, even if we fall, the grace is there for us. And Clenham, what you are saying is answering answering the question that the fact that you are saved doesn't mean you should still stay. Hello. There we are here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Exactly. Without so, without your effort, you see, your effort 
your effort can only be fulfilled even with the help of God. And even that help sometimes can be described as grace. That's why we say, somebody say, I have the grace to be able to do this. Yeah. You see, you need grace to be able to even overcome sin. You yeah. understand? But the fact God has given you the grace, when Paul, uh, what, for the things I wish to do, I do not do them, for the yes, things yes. that I do not do them. That then it continues when you read that, it talks about, my grace is sufficient for you. Why is the grace? Now, the grace is even coming into one. The grace is sufficient in the sense, okay, I know you are making effort because you are talking about the fact that you know that you don't want to do it by doing it. It means that don't worry. My grace will cover it up for you because I know you are putting in an effort. Two, yeah. that same scripture is also saying, I've given you grace enough for you to be over, able to overcome it. So push in, just go, do. If this is what you realize that you are doing, you are stealing or you are cheating and you know that is not good, make an effort to stop. And my grace that is sufficient will help you to overcome that, that um, how do you call it, that bad thing that you found yourself in, in or involved in. So you equally will need the works, but the grace will now cover you with your works that you have to fulfill the what Christ has called you to fulfill. Sure. I love that. So um, with our last question, it's, it's very interesting. The question is, um, can I commit sin intentionally and still be saved by grace? Interesting. So I will intentionally sin and then be like, Oh, there is grace. I'm going to be saved by grace. Can I do that as a Christian? I think that there's a Bible verse yes. that is perfectly answering that. It's in Hebrews 10, verse 26. Okay. Can I read? Sure, sure. Hebrews yeah. 10. 26. Yeah. That no sacrifices can be made for people who decide to sin. After they find out the truth, they are God's enemies. And all they can look forward to is a terrible judgment and a furious fire. I, I believe it's a bit self-explanatory. Because if you are, you know the truth and you continue in sin, mm -hmm. it looks like the Bible is saying you are regarded as God's enemy. God's and, enemy? Yes. Meaning you are that, going to get God's wrath. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then the only thing that is that will be your portion is what's fire. Okay. A, a terrible judgment and a furious fire. That is what the Bible is saying. So I think it's not, that is, it boils down to the point that you don't stay in your sin. You shouldn't stay in sin. Yeah. Yeah. You should make an effort to. An effort. So that is what God actually wants, that we should put an effort into staying away from sin. Overcoming it. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be a bit controversial here. I agree with um, Clenham, and what Clenham says is true. But I also want to be a bit controversial. I also say that sometimes or there are even instances, or God has even taught us mm -hmm. to know that there are, there's going to be a time where you are going to commit a sin you intentionally know and you still do it, but he will still forgive you. That is not to say that I support the fact that you should continue intentionally sinning. Okay. Grace is so wide. And it's not just as for says. The sin we do. You know, there are things, you and I, or if we'll be honest with ourselves, there are things we know, definitely know that mm, I'm not supposed to do it, but you do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, it's intentional. Very true. But with that, you are forgiven. It, you are forgiven. It doesn't mean that your grace doesn't cover you. Grace will cover you. Because God is sometimes even going to look at your heart. The problem with just as Glenham read, where the intention continues. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think that is where you become the enemy of God, as it, as is read in Hebrews by Glenham. When the intention yeah. continues. You know, there's an intention. Oh, yeah, Bakuna, why you mm-hmm. you've and that, that remorse. second yes. of um, satisfaction, you've gotten it. But afterwards you go into remorse. Hmm. I did this, I you know, Charlie. Next time that. I'm not supposed to know I shouldn't have done that. It's true. Because you intended you knew it was bad, but you still did it. But then you had remorse. Grace will cover you. And grace will go take you. It, it, it will take you far. Okay. But the question then, the, or the issue will be when you continue in that intention. Because you and I here do not also know how far grace can take you. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't know whether God's grace will cover you for 10 years, 100 years. Because there are instances where some people they continue in a particular sin that they know. But eventually God redeems them or they come back to Christ or they stop those sins. But there are people who have also done one particular sin instantly, intentionally, and they are paid for it instantly. So because we are not all knowing, there's a crisis, okay, it's rather best for us not to even go and try to avoid intentional sins that we have. That is how I'll conclude on this, on this question. Okay. okay. Wow. Thank you very much on that. That's powerful. I love that. Um. Any other question, contribution, suggestion, any other thing to add or take out before we pray and end the March edition of the Narrow Way session? Any other thing to add, take out, suggest? Clenam, Silvano, Sadoma, welcome, Eben. So um, I have a question. Yes, sure. Um, well, what does it mean uh, when we say someone has fallen from grace? Because we keep, I keep hearing that thing. He has fallen from grace. Fallen like from grace. Grace in a, a, a some fall ladder. from grace. <laughs> like, is it some ladder be there? You just get down for I don't know. What <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, I, I falling from I, grace. I, okay. I think that is more worldly than than Christian. In the sense Falling from grace. Sense, yes. For me, I, that's how I see it. In the worldly okay. sense, the grace becomes a grace of something like glory. Okay. okay. Mind you, in, even in Christian sense, our grace is glory. Okay. Yeah. So the world picks the world picks that and uh, say, okay, for somebody who is, is living or or in a certain height of whatever yeah. it is that they do, when they fall, when they come to the lowest point in their life. They are falling yeah. from grace. But the interesting or the good thing for us as Christians, or the lovely and the best thing for us as Christians is God actually does not look at your height to determine whether you are in grace or not. Because the grace covers whether you are in your pit season or you are in your highest season or mountain season. The grace is just there for you. In God, there's nothing like you are falling, you are falling, falling from, from grace. grace. You're falling from grace. No. Because grace is not a ladder for you to fall from. Even if the last day you are dying, you say, God, I'm sorry. And you confess. 
you will receive the grace. Just as the man that was crucified by Jesus Christ, it was the day he accepted God. It's the day that grace was sufficient and the grace was made whole for him to be accepted in heaven. Yeah. Um, Ike, can you pray with us? Okay, um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to discuss your word. God, we appreciate times like this. Strengthen our faith in you. And God, be with us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Bye, guys. Okay, is somebody talking? Okay, bye-bye. Have a lovely weekend. Uh, you too, Benes. Thank you so much. For always lovely host. Oh, thanks be to God. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's meet on the platform. Friends of Hope Jay. Okay, bye. Okay. Bye.